Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, the high cost of an extended care situation, or what we call long-term care, is scary to a lot of people. And, you know, why is that? Why is that so scary on the surface? And I think all of you listening out there might have a reason or an answer, as most people do. And the number one thing that I hear out there, and the number one thing in the surveys, is that they don't want to run out of money. This is really the scariest part about it. Um, people fear this more than death. Like AARP and several groups have done studies over and over again. What's your biggest fear when you enter your retirement years? Number one is running out of money. And it's funny because it's running out of money and you just go down the list. Death is down there. Death is like three or four, like an early death. So running out of money, of course, is very scary. And that's long-term care situations. We know they're expensive. But a lot of people also will answer they don't want to lose control of their care options. So when they're thinking about being in a long-term care or an extended care situation, they don't want to end up on Medicaid. That's another valid answer that we get. And a lot of people will say, you know, the high cost of that long-term care situation is scary because what we really want to do is use our assets in a different way, i.e., you know, leave it to the family, leave it to a charity, spend it on something as opposed to paying for, you know, medical care or an assisted living or nursing home or something like that. But whatever the reason, the high cost of long-term care situations is a real concern for people across this country. And it's becoming more evident right now because we're in the middle of this baby boomer group, right? The baby boomers started turning 75 last year. And so if you do the math on that, I think that the numbers they spit out is 10,000 people a day turn 75, and that will happen for the next 16 years. And so we saw that, what they call the silver tsunami, that wave coming where people are aging, and more and more of those people are going to end up in long-term care situations. But the real fear, when we really think about this, comes from a lack of income. And let me explain what I mean on this. When our expenses exceed our income, we have two options. Number one option is to go into debt, meaning we're going to borrow that money, put it on a credit card, use a home equity loan, you know, beg a family member like you did when you were a kid. I don't know about you, but I, I was begging my parents all the time to loan me money for something. I always thought there was something I needed uh, you know, that I, I just didn't have the money for. But the bottom line is you have to borrow that money. And the problem with borrowing money, more money and more money, and more money as we borrow, guess what happens? Our expenses go up. So if we're borrowing money because we don't have enough income to meet our expenses, we are heading down a very slippery slope because what happens, those expenses are higher next year, which puts makes the gap a little further, and that just continues month after month. And this is how people get just really upside down with credit cards because they're borrowing money, they're buying groceries, they're doing whatever they can with their credit cards, and the next month, guess what? That minimum payment's a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit higher, so it takes up even more of their money, which means they have to borrow more. So this is how you can really get upside down quickly. So the first option, if your expenses exceed your income, is to borrow money. The second option is to, you know, when your expenses are higher than your income, is to simply spend down your assets. And what I mean by this is, you know, your savings, your retirement accounts, sell your stocks, sell your real estate. It doesn't matter what those assets are. Maybe you have to sell a car. I had to sell a car when I was in college to get a plane ticket up to Alaska because I just didn't have the money. That expense for that plane ticket far exceeded the money I had, so I had to sell an asset. And so this is where we're, 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 we're getting into trouble here, right? Our, our expenses in a long-term care situation exceed that monthly income, our pension, our Social Security, our required minimum distributions. So we have two choices, either borrow money or start spending our assets down. And selling those assets create many problems. And this is what most people do in long-term care situations. This is why the financial advisors will look at you and say, well, you've got $2 million of, of assets. I think you're fine. Well, what they're really saying is you're going to spend all those assets down. You should be okay. You probably won't run out of assets. But when we go to convert those assets and sell them to convert it to income, number one, we have to pay taxes. You have to pay taxes when you convert 
assets to income. That's the number one thing people forget about. Capital gains tax, if that's selling stocks, selling real estate. Income tax, if you're using your required minimum distributions, that's income tax level. Remember, that money's never been taxed in the retirement account. And then often there's a bunch of hidden taxes and fees. Think about real estate, for instance. There's commissions and there's excise taxes and title insurance. So all of those things can add up pretty quick. And then another problem we have when it comes to selling those assets is loss due to market timing. I mean, having to sell in a down market. And and I I told a story about this a couple of years ago on Long-Term Care Radio podcast about a client that I had that, you know, everything went wrong in 2009. They ended up having to sell their house in a down market. They ended up in an extended care situation. The stock market was crashing. They were pulling out more money. They never had a chance to get back, and it totally changed their retirement um, trajectory forever. It was just really sad. So again, loss due to market timing. That's a real issue. We don't know when we're going to end up in a long-term care situation. We don't know what the market's going to do. But if you have to sell an asset, they're not going to say, oh, well, you need to wait for your stock to come back up. It's like, no, you've got to sell it at a loss to get that money to pay for the care that you need. And what many people forget about also is that when you sell assets, you also take away the primary purpose of those assets, which is what? It's to provide future income. That's why we all save. That's why we all have retirement accounts, right? It's to to build up those retirement accounts so that can provide us income in the future. And if you sell your stock, it has zero chance of growing in value. If you take money out of a retirement account, the same thing. It has no chance of increasing in value or providing income for you in the future. So if you sell your rental property, guess what? You're taking away a stream of income, maybe an increasing stream of income as rents go up, but you don't have that property anymore. So the bottom line is when you convert those assets to income and you use the income to pay for expenses, not only is that income gone, right? I spent it that month. Well, guess what? The asset that you had to sell to generate that income is gone forever. Okay. This is the real reason why people are scared of the ongoing costs associated with an extended care situation. They are concerned that they will run out of money, but they aren't really running out of money in most cases. They're running out of assets. And what I mean by this is that most people will always have their Social Security. A lot of people will have maybe Social Security and pensions, so they'll have some kind of guaranteed income stream. That's the way my grandma was. But what happens, they drain their assets. The problem is they don't have any assets to sell to supplement that income. And so, therefore, I've got $6,000 a month coming in. I need nine. I don't have any way to generate that other $3,000. That's really what happens. People are running out of assets. They're not running out of income. It's just that without those assets to convert, again, you just don't have any way to supplement income. That's just the bottom line. So this is the real problem, and and this is what people are really afraid of. They may not make that link yet, but what they're really afraid of when they think about the high cost of an extended care situation is running out of assets, which means you can't supplement your income that's coming in. You can't add to that Social Security or that small pension that you have. And if your expenses continue to exceed your need, your your cost for that long-term care, well, now you're in trouble. And this is how people end up on Medicaid or what we call the safety net program for extended care situations. Remember, this is a means-tested program when we talk about Medicaid. In order to qualify, you need to be um, in financial need, number one, and number two, you need to be in physical need of that care. So that means your assets are gone, you've spent them down, and remember, there's a five-year look back. So when you apply to Medicaid, they're saying, hey, you can't just give your assets to somebody and then qualify for Medicaid. They're going to look at what you spent over the last five years. That's what they call that look-back period. Your income, by the way, is now turned over. So if you have Social Security, you have a small pension, that money is going to be turned over first to pay for your care. Remember, you're a ward of the state on Medicaid. You lose control of your care options. Medicaid, a lot of facilities just won't accept Medicaid. They won't accept the reimbursement. So you don't get to say, hey, okay, I'm going to have Medicaid pay for my long-term care, and this is where I want to be. I want to be living with at home, or I want to be living in this assisted living facility. No, you're going to end up getting placed somewhere in most cases. And you can't you know, get long-term care services in home on Medicaid unless you have a family member willing to provide a safe environment. And this is key. And so 
our case manager, uh, Madeline, she, you know, she was a caregiver for her mom when she was a teenager. Her mom ended up in a long-term care situation, and basically once they ran out of assets, they ended up on Medicaid. Medicaid came and took her mom out of the house because they did not feel it was a safe environment. They had people there to help her, but they also had stairs. They didn't have an easy way for her to get around. She couldn't transfer very well, so Medicaid deemed the house just wasn't an appropriate place for her to age, and they ended up putting her in a nursing home. So what you really have to be aware of is that out of your assets, you know, that's what we're using to sell to generate extra income. When you end up on Medicaid because you're out of assets, you, guess what? You lose your income. That income is taken away from you. You become awarded the state and you'll be housed to get the care that you need somewhere. And, you know, the bottom line is here is, is the situation when you run out of assets is pretty dire for people because you still are going to have some income coming in. It's just that you don't have enough income coming in to pay the expenses that you are incurring every month in a care situation. So one of the best ways that you can help yourself, that you can protect yourself, is to make sure that you have a plan that will supplement that income, meaning that you have additional money coming in on top of your Social Security, on top of your small pension, whatever it is. Now, this doesn't mean that you need a plan that will pay for all of your care, but you might just need a plan that's small enough to provide supplemental income that will keep you away from Medicaid. So I can use my Social Security. I can use my rental income. I can use my pension. Oh, and I can use my long-term care insurance. And that will suffice to get me the coverage I need. I need to take a quick break here looking at the clock, but stick around. When I come back, I'm going to explain some of the options to set up long-term care insurance plans that can supplement your existing income and keep you in control of your care options. I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us. But the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. All right, and I'm back. And uh, thanks again for tuning in to the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. If you're new, uh, we come out with a program every week. Uh, we're on several stations, uh, Colorado, Washington State right now. And then we have our podcast, which uh, you can subscribe and download at our website, 525longtermcare.com. You also heard we have two classes coming up next Saturday, the 11th. 
and the following Thursday, the 16th. And those classes are free, but they are live. It's a live webinar. You'll get to see me and meet Madeline, and uh, we go through a lot of nice material, and then you get your questions answered at the end there. So today, um, you you know, one of the ongoing questions I always get is when it comes to long-term care planning is how much monthly benefit do you really need and for how long? And sadly, you know, as as much as I like being right, it's like, you know, just like the next guy, I want to be correct. You know, I lost my crystal ball a long time ago, and I cannot tell you for certain. I just don't know. And in fact, if anybody tells you how much coverage you need, how much money per month, and how many months you need that care to pay, if they're telling you that they know that, they aren't being honest. And I say this because there's just no way to figure this out. I mean, we can look at averages. We can look at the average cost of care. We can look at the average time that someone's on claim. We can look at the average cost of homemaker services, assisted living, nursing homes. You can do all of that stuff. You can even look it up by zip code. So you can get a pretty accurate idea of what the cost is for long-term care services out there. But the problem is we don't know for certain what your particular journey might look like or how long you might be in a care situation. Remember, averages, by the way, are just a simply, you know, a simplified way of taking complex data and putting it into something manageable. And we often put way too much reliance on this. Average height, average weight, average income, all this stuff. But it's like, you know, the, the true values are all over the place, and long-term care is the same way. What we will never know ahead of time is the magnitude of your care situation. Are we going to need a couple hours of help a day, a few days a week? Or are we going to end up in a skilled nursing facility or a special memory clinic that requires 24-7 care and being locked into a room? We just don't know what our journey is going to entail. So don't let anybody tell you like, oh, yeah, this is fine, three years or two years, or the average guy is just in the hospital for two years, blah, 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 because that's not long-term care. That, that's just Those statistics are completely misleading. And it's just a guess or it's a roll of the dice. What we really need to do when we're thinking about putting a long-term care plan in place is take a look at our own financial situation and figure out a few things. Number one, what is the first way you would try to pay for the extra cost of a care situation? So again, remember, that's the problem with long-term care is that the bills now start exceeding our income. So what's the first way we're going to pay for that? If you have excessive income, otherwise far more income than your expenses are, so you've got $50,000 a month coming in and you're only spending five. Well, maybe you say, well, I'll just use my income. I'm, good. I'm in good shape. The problem is most of us aren't in that situation, right? That's, that's the downside. Most of us aren't there, and so that's why long-term care becomes such a burden. So now we have to decide what is the first asset we're going to use and convert to income to pay for care and to supplement our income. Are we going to use our liquid savings? Are we going to use our retirement accounts? Are we going to start selling stock off out of our portfolio? Are we going to use a real estate portfolio? Are we going to actually really sell fixed assets like real estate? Or maybe we have some cash value in a life insurance. Or maybe we have a deferred annuity that's just sitting in the background waiting for that rainy day. We have to figure that out. And in what order are we going to use our assets? Okay? And then you have to calculate the taxes and the fees and the expenses and all that when we're converting those assets into income to figure out how much we really have to sell to net out a dollar to pay for a dollar of care, meaning if it's a retirement account, you might have to sell a dollar thirty or a dollar thirty-five of stock to net out that dollar. If it's a stock account or a piece of real estate and you're in the twenty percent capital gains tax, you gotta sell a buck twenty-five worth of stock to net out a dollar. So you've got to figure all that out and then you gotta figure out how long is that going to last. Do we want to use those assets or would we prefer to keep those assets whole? So oftentimes, like our our client of the week last week, those are the assets, you know, those people that have the assets available, they just reposition a portion of those assets to make sure they have enough coverage to cover nearly all of the costs of an extended care situation. So you can do that. You can look at it and say, well, I just want want to be able to try to cover everything. I don't want to use any of my assets. I have the assets. I can set up on those plans. That's great. Well, however, many times a lot of our clients, like our client of the week this week, so stick around at the bottom of the hour, we're going we're gonna to introduce you to her. 
they simply wanted a buffer on the amount of income that they knew they had coming in. They just wanted to supplement their income. So they wanted a small plan that would give them some additional resources should they end up in a care situation. And often people will look at the high watermark of a nursing home and subtract out what their guaranteed income is and then try to fill the gap with insurance. This is very common. And, and I don't I don't particularly think it's great. I mean, it can be a useful exercise because it can tell you what you have coming in. And you say, well, if a nursing home is going to cost me ten thousand a month, and I've got seven thousand dollars a month of income guaranteed. Then I need at least three thousand dollars to make up that difference. That's what a lot of people look at and try to do. So again, my guaranteed income plus my guaranteed long-term care insurance benefit. When you have a dedicated guaranteed funding source, such as long-term care insurance, you don't have to worry about what the stock market is doing or how you spend down your retirement accounts. You don't have to second guess if you can really afford to take that vacation or go to Disneyland with your grandkids, or should you be saving that money for a future long-term care need, right? You, you kind of get rid of that. Because when you have a long-term care plan put in place, you know now that you have a guaranteed stream of income available to you when you need it. Just like your Social Security, just like your pension, you have that money coming in, it's guaranteed it's gonna be there. Now we have long-term care insurance, we can add that on top. But what if you set up a plan today and it turns out not to be enough coverage for your cost of care in the future? Is this possible? Well, well yeah, absolutely it is. I mean, it's a, it's a reality. But without that supplemental income, if you don't even have that small long-term care insurance plan, guess what? You're, you're just simply spending down your assets even quicker. You're, you're just going to run out of money a lot faster than, than, you know, than you would if you didn't have that plan. And so what you're really looking at is you've got to think of a long-term care plan, even a small amount of coverage, it's a discount, right? Maybe it's 60% or 70% of the cost, or maybe it pays 90% of the cost. Whatever it is, it's giving you a discount, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40% on that cost of care. And it's still a pretty good idea if you have that and you end up in a care situation because it's just going to extend out your assets, keep you in control of your care options longer. And my point is supplementing existing income is a great way to look at the advantages of even just a very small long-term care insurance plan. You don't always need to cover 100% of the cost of care with a long-term care insurance plan. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a little side note on this, too. I, I was driving back from the radio station one day when I was doing uh, the show live, and I was listening to an attorney on the radio, and he was talking about estate planning and all this stuff and said, if long-term care insurance, if you don't have enough money to cover 100% of a nursing home cost, then why even bother? And I, I almost wrecked my car. I mean, I snorted the water out my nose. I was driving. I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I cannot believe you say that. You know, that's just really, really misguided. My grandmother had a long-term care benefit of $70 a day, $2,100 a month. And what did that do for her? Number one, it allowed us to bring caregivers into our home, initially just a few hours a day, a few days a week. It relieved my mother from having to do that. Then when my mother decided to move to an assisted living facility, the entire amount of her facility could now be covered with her long-term care insurance, with her social security, and she had a small county pension. She had money in the bank left over every month to still go out and buy a few things, and she was in control of her care options. And this was a huge relief for her because she wasn't worried about running out of money, which again is running out of assets. Now, if she didn't have that small supplemental plan, well, guess what? First off, she would have had to start converting her assets to income to make up that difference, and she would have run out of money. My grandmother was on care for nearly five years. She used her long-term care insurance that entire time. She ran out just shortly. You know, she had a little over four years of coverage, but that's what allowed her not to have to sell all of her assets and end up broke and end up on Medicaid. And if you end up broke, guess what? You, 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 even though she has a county pension and she has Social Security, she doesn't have enough to pay for her care. Well, now she's on Medicaid. Well, guess what Medicaid would do? Well, they would take her and they would move her to a Medicaid facility. She wouldn't have gotten to stay in the assisted living facility that she was in. So keep that in mind. What we're talking about is when we're looking at planning, our biggest problem is those expenses, when we end up in an extended care situation, are going to outpace our income. And if we don't have assets to supplement our income, we're in trouble. And if we do have assets and we start selling those and we run out of assets, now we're back into the same situation. We don't have anything to supplement our income. So the idea today, what we're really talking about is we're going to look at ways that you can supplement. You can do it through small plants. I've got Social Security. I've got income. I've got rental income. I've got farm income from a family farm. Whatever it is, 
you have a stream of income, how do we make sure that we have enough income to make sure that you don't have to start liquidating those assets that are providing that income for you. And I've got to take a quick break here for the news. I'm just looking at my clock here, but I want you to stick around. When I come back, we're going to introduce you to Helen. She's our client of the week, and I'm going to show you how we set up a plan to supplement her pension and her Social Security that will also pay her back if she never uses her long-term care. I'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended healthcare situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcast, and uh, thanks for tuning in this weekend if you're listening to us live on the radio, or, you know, if not, if you miss this, you just get pieces of this, you can always get our podcast, just subscribe, um, download the current version. We have a bunch of them up on our website at 525longtermcare.com. We also have a couple classes coming up. You can sign up for those classes are free and just a great way to kind of get your toe in the water and find out about some of these options that we're always talking about. So um, I'm going to tell you the, the, this again, this show today is, is, you know, we're trying to answer that age old question. How much long term care do I need? Because, again, long term care is is we're, we're buying future dollars today at a discount to spend to pay for care that come back to us tax free. And so what we're really trying to always figure out is, well, how much do I need? And there is no answer. There's no software. There's nothing that you can just plug in and say, this is the exact dollar amount I need. You just have to look at your situation and kind of figure out where you're at income-wise, what you have coming in at income, and then we can get an idea of costs that are out there. And maybe you have some family experience. A lot of people really do. And so this week, our client of the week is Helen, who is 65. She's retired. Helen just lost her husband a few years ago. She now has two daughters and three grandchildren. She heard about some of these new long-term care plans on the radio. She was just out walking one day, and she stumbled upon our um, radio program. She was listening to it, and she said, you know, this is just great. I want to look into this because it was a real concern for her. And her number one concern was running out of money. She knew. She said, look. I run out of money. I'm going to end up on Medicaid. I don't want to do that. Being put on Medicaid, she has a friend from church who actually ended up on Medicaid, and she's like, I want to avoid that at all costs. It's just been an absolute mess. She's also fearful of losing her home because she knows that she's single now, and the problem is you end up on Medicaid. They're going to come put a lien on your home. You're not going to be able to pass that asset on to your kids. There's going to be a lien there. They're going to try to recapture any money they pay out. And she really doesn't want to be a burden on her daughters, meaning that, you know, her daughters would try to take her in or take care of her or this, that, or the other thing. And she says, I just, I don't want that. I don't want to be in that situation if I can avoid that. What we found out about Helen when we started working with her is that she was in good shape physically. You know, not great shape, though. She had had some heart, uh, heart surgery a few years ago, and she was also showing signs of arthritis in her medical records. And so this limited her on the types of plans that were available out there. She's not going to qualify for a traditional pay-as-you-go type of plan that's out. There were a handful of asset-based plans, but they were really going to be plans that she had to fund with just money up front. She wouldn't be able to pay into them over time, but we did have some options. She was in good shape on income but limited on assets. And what I mean by this is she had pension and she had social security. So she had, you know, the, the, the higher social security from her husband. She had a small pension from a uh, prior job that she had. And that money exceeded what her expenses were right now. So she could live off of that. She was comfortable with that. That covered all her current expenses. However, you know, you need a new car, you need an emergency, something happens, uh, property taxes go up, things like that. She didn't really have a lot of excess money. She had a small IRA and she had some cash and savings, you know, her little rainy day fund. And she also had a small inheritance coming from a family member. And when she started with this, it was we were just filing up the paperwork or finalizing that paperwork to get the amounts that she was going to inherit. But she did have some inheritance coming. 
She owned her own home, which was a condo that they had purchased to downsize a few years before her husband had passed away. So they owned that free and clear, and it was a condo. It was something that was all one floor. She felt she could age in place there, so she felt pretty comfortable about that. She loved to spend time with the grandkids. Um, Both of her daughters lived close to her, so she was pretty excited about that. Um, Both her mother and her grandmother, Helen's, lived well into their 90s. And so turns out Helen was the youngest of three kids, and she was quite a bit younger than her other two siblings. And so she was, you know, she had much older parents. I have an aunt like that. I have an aunt that is wedged in between myself and my older brother. Um, So my grandmother was raising my aunt when my mom was raising myself and my older brother at the same time. We were all just, uh, you know, we, we were cousins, basically. So I understand that. Here's what Helen really wanted from her plan. Number one, she wanted something to make sure that she could pay for care alongside with her Social Security and her pension and not go broke and not end up on Medicaid. And so her thought was, look, if I do need to go to assisted living facility or I need to bring somebody in, I want to be able to use my pension, my Social Security. I always know that's coming in. I would like to supplement that with a long-term care plan that's going to give me a little bit more money so that I can cover the cost and not have to worry about going broke and ending up on Medicaid. That was just that was really the driving force for her. And I will tell you, if any of you out there that have a loved one that go on Medicaid, there are some few good stories out there, but the vast majority of them are not pleasant. Um, I watched, you know, my aunt went through Medicaid at the same time my grandmother was in an assisted living facility. I mean, they were less than two blocks apart, and it was night and day difference. I mean, you're talking like... You know, Motel 6 next to a truck stop compared to a Ritz-Carlton where my grandma was. So you just have to be aware that that's one of the big downsides, the, the taste that people have in their mouth when they think about Medicaid. It usually comes from some experience or seeing somebody go through that. And remember, on Medicaid, your income is used first, and you lose control of your care options. And that's what really scared Helen the most. I do not want to lose control of my care options. I don't want my Social Security and my pension taken away from me. She loved the idea of the money being available to her or her family if she didn't need care, meaning she lives a nice long life, she doesn't end up in long-term care, that's what we hope for all of our clients, and guess what? Her money wasn't wasted, it goes back to the estate. That's what she really liked, she liked that idea. She did not want to make payments if she could avoid that. And this was kind of a tricky place. She didn't really have a choice, to be honest with you, because I couldn't set her up on a pay-as-you-go because there's just a highest risk, higher risk level there for the insurance carriers. They're looking at your health. They're looking at your current state. And a lot of companies will say, no, we're not willing to spread the payments out over time on these asset-based plans. You've got to come in all up front. So she was in that situation where we were going to have to find those assets to, to just do a lump sum because she couldn't spread those payments out over time, and she didn't want payments anyway. Um, She wanted a plan that would allow her to bring caregivers into her home, but she also wanted a plan that would cover care if she ended up moving to an assisted living facility or needed skilled nursing or something like that in the future. And that's very common. People always ask that, but the plans we have today are what we call comprehensive. About three out of four people start in their home. And I actually just got back from a carrier visit on uh, Monday and Tuesday, and I was talking with the claims department, and and statistically, we can just say about 70% of people start their journey in home. And out of those people that have long-term care insurance and they start their journey in home, about 90% of those people are able to age in place, otherwise stay in home. So that's a total of about 63% of the people on claim. Because you got 70%, take 90% of that, you got 63%. So really good statistics just to say if I've got long-term care insurance, I have a much, much higher chance of being able to age in place, which most people say I'd like that to be my own home. Um, she liked the idea of, of having benefits grow over time. So otherwise, I've got $3,000 today. Well, maybe that needs to be $4,000 10 years down the road to really make up for the cost. And so that was something that she, she was concerned about. So here's what we did. First off, Helen just had a few choices due to her current health situation. That was the bottom line. So that's why we always start with the pre-screen when we're working with our clients. First and foremost, it does no good to submit an application to a company that you're not going to get approved with. So we start with that pre-screen and we narrow down our choices. We've got an experienced staff that's good at this. Our case manager is going to work directly with the underwriters and we're going to figure out, yes, we have this company, this company, and this company that would accept our application. We have a chance of getting approved with. So that's how we always start. So she had a few choices. Um, No traditional plans. They were limited to the savings-based asset plans, which you just got to walk in with a lump sum of money and put that to work. 
Also, we can't use qualified funds with this particular carrier that we are looking at. And so that means we can't take the money out of our IRA. She had a small IRA. We could take a chunk out of that with some carriers, but not this particular carrier that we're trying to get her approved with. We had to use regular cash or savings or investments that were not in a retirement account. So based on this, we just ended up working backwards with Helen. We said, let's let's look at where the cash is. What do we have that we could reposition into this? Well, she did have savings. She did have, you know, a, a, a small savings account, but I don't think it was really enough to set up a meaningful plan. The rest of her liquid assets were really in the retirement account. She's only 65. She was hoping to let those grow because she doesn't have to take that money out now until she's 73 under the new Secure Act rules. So she had a ways to go on that. But she did have this inheritance coming in. So what we ended up doing is we said, okay, let's just put this on hold until we figure that out. And it just took a couple weeks, and it finally settled out. And Helen got a check for $94,000, just a little over $94,000, like $94,300. And she just came to me and said, I will use all of this because I don't have this budgeted for anything. I don't need it. And if I would just take it, I would just save it for long-term care anyway. So what can we do with this money to get me some additional protection with long-term care insurance? Fantastic. That's easy squeezy. Let's put it in the calculator and do it and see what we did. So that's what we did. And here's what Helen got. We took that single check for $94,300, deposited it with the insurance company. The insurance company immediately gave Helen I'm sorry, $282,000 of long-term care insurance. So that's today. You put the money in today, you're covered. You go out and you get hit by the bus. You have $282,000 at $39.29 a month for six years. So she, so she could pull out nearly $4,000 a month for the next six years. That's going to be her long-term care coverage. However, on this plan, what's kind of unique about this is that this is a savings-based plan, and that means that that $94,300 that she deposited is going to earn interest. And the current interest rate today is 4.5%. So we don't know where that's going to go in the future. It's been going up. A lot of people are predicting those rates are going up. But that rate right now is 4.5%, and it's locked in for 12 months at a time. In a year, they'll look at the current market rates, and they'll adjust that rate. If it goes up, it goes up. She's going to earn even more interest. But here's how the plan works. The cost of the insurance is expressed as a percentage. So what they're going to do is, based on her age at age 65, the insurance company says, we're going to keep 1.5% of that interest that you earn, and we're going to buy insurance inside the contract. Now, think about what this is doing. She's earning 4.5%. The insurance company says, we're going to take 1.5% of that interest. So really, her money is still growing by 3% a year right now but it's growing tax deferred. She doesn't have to claim that interest that she earns as income, like you do on a CD or a money market account. That money's just going to grow. So what's going to happen for her over time is if interest rates stay higher than 1.5%, which is the cost of the insurance, the value of her policy is going to grow. And what I mean by that is that $94,000 is going to grow in value, and that $290,000 of long-term care insurance is going to grow in value as well. And so all we can do is we can look at the current market right now and say, all right, rates are 4.5%. The cost of insurance is 1.5%, so you're basically growing at 3%. The cost of her insurance is never going to change. That will always be 1.5%. What will change is the interest rate. So if it goes up to 5%, her policy is going to grow a little faster. But if it just stays at the 4.5%, Basically, what's going to happen for her is if we go out 10 years down the road, now she has $129,000 of cash value, $129,744, but her long-term care benefit has grown up to $389,000. Her monthly benefit's grown to $5,408 a month for six years. So what's happening for every dollar of interest that she earns, she's getting $3 of long-term care benefit. And folks, this is all seamless. She doesn't have to do anything. She just deposited the money. She's going to walk away. And as long as interest rates are higher than 1.5%, the value is going to grow. 
But what happens if interest rates go back to zero? The Fed says, hey, you know what? We messed up. We're going to stop all these rate increases and start lowering the rate back down to zero. And so now all of a sudden the bond market, the interest rates, and remember the passbook saving rates are point zero 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 three one two or something. I can't even count all the zeros on my Bank of America account. But basically we weren't earning any interest. Well, the nice thing about these savings-based loans or, or policies is that they can only go up in value. So if her policy grows up to, you know, the, the, the 94000 grows up to $130,000, and then the market goes the other way and it goes to zero, well, she's still going to have $130,000 of cash value. She's still going to have that multiple of three times, you know, the, the, the $390,000 of long-term care insurance. And what's really brilliant about these programs is that even if the interest rates are zero and she's not earning 1.5% to pay for the long-term care coverage, the, the company does not come back in and reduce the principal balance. And this is the only company that does that. I really like this company. They're A-plus rated, very simple program. They don't have a lot of claim support. They're not going to give us a lot of bells and whistles with it. But it's just a glorified savings account, and it works because of the rule changes due under the Pension Protection Act. And that's just really what makes this work. We can grow. We can earn interest. We can pull out some of that interest tax-free to buy long-term care insurance. Where, think about it, if you had a savings account, you earn interest, you take that interest out, you got to pay tax on it, and then you got to give it to an insurance company to pay for long-term care insurance. And so this is a very efficient way to put some savings to use, and you're just trading a little bit of interest, 1.5%, for three times the leverage. And for every dollar of interest you earn, you're getting $3 of that tax-free long-term care, and all of that comes out tax-free when you use it. Now, the best part about this is if we look at this and we go out, you know, the current rates right now, 4.5%, that'd be 5% if you put over 200000 in. Her money's going to grow. Her total long-term care benefit's going to grow. Her monthly benefit's going to grow. And what's going to happen for her is she's just really going to have you know, two things that are really good. She knows that she has supplemental income now. She's got four. Th- in fact, at the end of year one, because the rate's 4.5%, we can just look at that. She's got $4,045 a month guaranteed for six years. Now, rates could go back down to zero at year two. She would still have that 4045 guaranteed for six years. So that's what I mean by the guarantee. She's got that supplemental income. She can add that to her pension. She can add that to her Social Security. But in most likely scenario, the interest rates are going to continue to stay higher than you know or where they're at. She's going to continue to see some really good growth on this policy over the next few years. And every time that thing stair steps up in value, she gets that additional value. Um, other features about this program, too, zero-day waiting for home health care. So if she starts her journey in long-term care at home, like most people do, it's, she doesn't have to do an elimination period. Balance can never go down. She can pull out 10% of the value of this policy without canceling it. So let's say that 10 years down the road, she's got $130,000 in there, and she does need a new car. She needs something. She can say, well, I'm going to take $13,000 of cash out of my policy. And all that does is it doesn't cancel the long-term care. It would just reduce the long-term care benefit proportionally. So you get $3 for every dollar of interest or every dollar you put into the plan. You would lose $3 of long-term care balance benefit for every dollar you take out. But you can do that without canceling it. So it gives her some liquidity. We don't see that, but just think about it. It's it's an option. If, you, if you're really in a pinch and you need some money, she can pull that out without counseling her insurance. And let's say rates go up to 8% and this thing is really just taking off and growing fast, fast, fast. She might get to a point and say, I'm going to harvest a little bit of that money out of the savings-based plan because I don't need $7,000 a month to supplement my income. I'm, I'm happy with five. So she can do that as well too. So it gives her a lot of flexibility. And really what we do when we look at this, Growing benefit gives her peace of mind. It protects her retirement account. She doesn't have to go dip into that to supplement her income anymore. It supplements her income on an ongoing basis. She knows she has at least six years of coverage. And what I mean by that is if you know she's only pulling a couple thousand dollars a month out to pay for long-term care service because that's all she needs, this policy is just going to last her longer. And so that's really what it does. And think about what would happen if Helen just left this $94,000 in her savings account. She inherited it. She could throw it in her savings account. She didn't want to put it in the stock market. Well, it would grow over time, but at 3%, it would take 24 years to double. She gets a triple right out of the gate for long-term care insurance. And the best part about this, that 94000 grows to one hundred and fifty, whatever it is, and she passes away, that $150,000 is passed on to the estate. That She does not lose that money. And if she uses less than what the account value has grown to, the difference is passed back to the estate. 
even if she triggers long-term care and she's on claim for six months or something, there's going to be money going back to her daughters. And so just really a win-win situation for her situation. Um, as always, I went long on this, so i got to sneak in a quick break. Stick around. I'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you reposition some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, we're back, and uh, thanks again for sticking around. And if you're new to Long-Term Care Radio and you just listen to me ramble on about that client of the week, I apologize. Um, I do get excited about this. And the takeaway from this is not the numbers, because I know numbers are hard on the podcast, are hard on the radio, you're driving around. It's really just understand the options that are available out there. We're not buying a box of cereal off the shelf. We're custom designing a plan. You know, number one, how do we get you coverage? What are our options? Number two, how are we going to fund that? What's the most efficient way to fund it? What are the benefits going to be? And I will just tell you, Helen is just, she was so happy. And, and she's a, a big advocate for us because she knows. She said, you know, I am just so confident. You know, she might end up in an extended care situation that lasts longer than six years. Statistically, probably not. I mean, 95% of all cases are handled within that six years. But for her, she's just saying, look, I've got a peace of mind. I know I have, I'm going to be able to stay in control of my care options. And one of the big things that I will tell you on this is that having these small supplemental plans that allow you to, like, let's say you have to move into an assisted living facility. If you can get in someplace and pay for two or three years privately, a lot of times those facilities will say, we will then accept Medicaid if you do run out of assets. I have a family friend going through this right now. They have just moved her out of the assisted living facility, said she's got a special memory clinic, she's on Medicaid. There's only two places that will even consider taking her, and neither one of them are even anywhere close to where she wants to be or the family wants her to be. And that's the problem you have when you run out of those assets. And I think that you just have to understand that long-term care insurance works differently than some of the other insurances we have. I mean, 
like my homeowner's insurance, I pay a rider for guaranteed replacement. And if you remember, the, those of you listening out in Colorado, you remember the fires in Superior. There's still a lot of empty lots out there. That fire swept through and burned down that entire neighborhood. Well, what happened is a lot of those people had insurance on their home, but they didn't have guaranteed replacement. So the loan got paid off, but because construction costs had gone up and labor costs had gone up because of COVID, they just didn't have enough insurance to rebuild the house. And so you have to be aware of that. And so so long-term care insurance, we're not buying guaranteed replacement. What we're, We don't know what that cost is going to be. So what we're doing is we're designing a bucket of money. And out of that money, that bucket of money, we're saying we want half million dollars or we want unlimited benefit or we want $300,000 like our client of the, the, the week. But then we're also deciding how much money can we take out of that. And some plans like these savings-based plans are pretty set. It's like whatever you put in times three divided by 72, that's a monthly benefit. Other plans will give us some flexibility and saying you can take this money out over four years or you can take this money out over six years. And you design that, you're in control of it. So it just depends. You know, those are things we work with you through the design process. And as we're doing that, what we're really just trying to say is, okay, I don't know how much the costs are going to be, but if I have $4,000 a month coming in for six years and I have pension, I have Social Security, that's going to give me a heck of a cushion. And even if I'm spending more than that, it's just going to extend the length of time that I'm able to stay in my control options because I'm not devastating my retirement account or my savings account trying to make up you know, that extra $4,000. Maybe I'm only having to pull out another $1,000 there. So a lot of people fret about this, and it's like everything else. We don't know. What we're trying to do is say, okay, let's look at our situation. Now, what if Helen had inherited $500,000? Well, then she maybe she would come in and say, well, I'll put 200000 in because I want $8,000 a month of benefit. But we also have to balance the design of these plans out with your current situation financially. And guess what? You take out a plan today. I tell everybody, get a plan. Make sure you have coverage. Get the best amount you can. And guess what? Down the road, you're still healthy. We can always supplement and add a second policy and get you more coverage if that's desirable. So again, you've earned another week with me. I really appreciate it. We have two classes coming up next Saturday, the 11th, the following Thursday, the 16th. Again, those classes are free, a great way to get started. I really, really recommend it because it just gives you a good overview and and gets us in the conversation so that when we're ready to talk to you, and design a plan for you. We're kind of, you know, we're past the 101 stuff. That's what that class is really for. And again, download and subscribe to our podcast at 525longtermcare.com. I'm going to get to work. I will see you all next week. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com.